Media Masters with Paul Blanchard. Welcome to Media Masters, a series of one-to-one interviews with people at the top of the media game. Today I'm here at the offices of Time Out in London and joined by Julio Bruno, their chief executive. He joined the then loss-making publisher as executive chairman in 2015 and was appointed chief executive a year later. Since then, the business has been transformed into a multi-platform media, entertainment, retail and e-commerce business with a reach of 217 million, comprising websites, mobile, apps, social channels, guides, live event, their new Time Out market of food and cultural marketplace and of course its ubiquitous magazine julio thank you for joining me thank you paul so julio it's been 50 years since time out started this must be an incredibly important time for you fantastic and don't we look young and relevant and fant- well better than ever both of us look amazing yeah well our listeners <laughs> will just have to take our word for that <laughs> yes i have a face for radio <laughs> me too uh, yeah 50 years i mean it's it's incredible 1968 and the world has changed so much, you know, from the time that we didn't have internet and we didn't have, you know, you couldn't find information unless it was written somewhere or word of mouth. And today, the world has changed, but time out remains the same, inspiring and informing people of what to do in a city, right? It's an incredible brand, isn't it? Because you have a lot of brand warmth, you know, without overdoing the jargon. I mean, I, when I first moved to London 15 years ago, Time Out was the magazine to read, wasn't it? Michael Hodges with the Slice of Life column and all of that. It's very, very clever how you've turned that into an international brand with all of these various different platforms. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, I've been here only three years, so clearly Tony Elliott, who founded it and is still in our board today and the many, many editors, and, and, and not just editors, everybody else who have uh, passed through Time Out. And we have been to a degree a school of talent and, uh, and returning talent as well. And then taking that London iconic brand and expanding it around the world as we are today in 288 locations and uh, I don't know how many countries, but over 70 countries with uh, our, our content that is some achievement, but we have only started. Well, we can go on to your plans in a second, but f- for our listeners that aren't familiar with what Time Out does nowadays, could you just walk us through the whole group? Yes, uh, Time Out has two main divisions. What we call Time Out Digital, that comprises everything that is digital, but also the print, the magazine, obviously the e-commerce uh, uh, we, we have offers where you can buy, what do you read about, what do you get inspired to do. And then we have Time Out Market, which is a division that is uh, the evolution of the Time Out brand. And by that, I mean we, we have opened one in 2014 in Lisbon. And the Time Out Market, we call it the best of the city under one roof. So, I mean, you can see some photos there, but it's like... Uh, you so know, it's a 30, physical marketplace. It's a physical food and cultural market. Uh, you know, we have 32 restaurants, eight bars, shops, and around 12,000 people daily, Incredible. every single day. Last year, we had 3.6 million visitors, and it's the largest attraction of Portugal. And now we are opening in these next 12 months in Miami, New York, Boston, Chicago, and Montreal. So clearly a big, exciting time for Time Out in our 50th anniversary, building all this to open within next year. I'm available to run the Miami operation if if you're interested. Yes. (laughs) We can talk later. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and And what you see there is that incredible curation, editorial curation of choosing the best restaurants, the best chefs, 
of, of the city and inviting them to be part of the market. And when you look at it, we think it's, uh, and we believe it's, it's another extension of what content is. And for us, content is something we write, a critique that we write, an event that we do, or the time of market, the food that we serve, you know, through our incredible chefs, that's also content. And that's why you, you mentioned at the start, you know, content powerhouse. And what was the inspiration to move into being a physical marketplace? Um, the inspiration was our team in Portugal. At the time, they were a franchisee. In 2013, I think they started the plans. And the idea was that they have had before, as we have in Tokyo, a timeout cafe. Right, like it was a cafe in the street, and they have some food and some their coffee and a little bit of music on the weekends. And I think they always had the idea of, can we do this bigger? And uh, they had the opportunity uh, with the city of Lisbon. They have this incredible location that was a vegetable and and flower market that it was like not being used for a long time and or only part of it. And they had the opportunity uh, through uh, a request for proposal from the city of Lisbon, and they put a proposal together. And their inspiration, they said to me at the time, I mean, I wasn't here, but they, they have told me soon after I joined, that they thought, well, if it's very good, it is in the magazine. But if it's the best, it is in the market. So we're going to bring the best of the city under just one roof. So a, a physical timeout, if you want. And that was the inspiration. And then, obviously, the evolution of it, we have brought in incredible, talented people who have been doing food operations and, and, and food halls in, uh, around the world. And, obviously, we have evolved, obviously, together with uh, the, the whole team, not just uh, that team. And now, obviously, it's an international uh, team uh, managing the Tamar Market Division. I mean, you very cleverly monetize the brand by diversifying so that you're not just printing the magazine and, and, you know, various travel guides and so on. Where would be next for the brand? You've obviously got ambitious plans for the marketplace. Will you be doing anything else? Well, I think we're going to be quite busy. Opening five markets in 12 months, and, you know, each one of them, we are talking about twenty-five to 50,000 square feet. So this is massive. We're going to have around, I don't know, 120 of the best chefs in the world, you know, together with the ones in Lisbon. Uh, so that keeps us very busy. Besides that, the time of digital side is being, you know, um, reorganized, uh, refocused. So, you know, we had e-commerce, we had um, our events platform, you know, like in London, you can go and see movies on the river and see our incredible movies all the summer. Or we do a lot of other events and the number one thing that we are searching is for profitability. Uh, as a company, timeout group still is loss making, but obviously our losses are cutting down substantially and our revenue has been growing substantially as well. And that's our number one objective, how we're going to make uh, this company profitable so we not only stay another 50 years, yeah. but another 500 years. Well, profitability means sustainability. Exactly. And the market is already profitable. So that's very good news uh, for us. It's highly profitable in Lisbon. And we know that that's also what the, what the consumer wants, right? And it's something that we know we are at the top of the game. We have won accolades internationally. Um, but our, this will not exist without our incredible content. Uh, Time Out is the ambassador of the city. It has the authority to say these are the things you should do, 
or this is what we recommend you because we have, unlike you know, when you go and see user-generated content online, we have professional journalists that do this every day. And, you know, uh, we go out there and, and, and try a lot of food every day and, and see a lot of movies and see a lot of plays and, and listen to a lot of uh, music in order to then bring it to, to, to the consumer and say this is our, you know, hot picks for the day, for the week, for the month around the world. And that editorial curation that also translates into what we do in the market is fundamental to what Time Out is. I remember when I first moved to London many, many years ago, Time Out was the indispensable Bible as to what we should be doing at the weekend, what theatre, cinema, open spaces. It was just incredible. You were the arbiters of what to do, how to spend your leisure time wisely. I would argue we still are. Well, no, you make a fair point, though. But how do you... How do you diversify then and take advantage of the opportunity that digital presents? Because I remember when I used to pay for timeout, but then you went free and you were handed out at tube stations. I, I, I think I get the weekly email list, but of course, in the huge media landscape now, there's so many hundreds of competing brands. How do you stay relevant? Timeout clearly has a very strong international brand that means authority, that means quality, that is very ambassadorial to the city. And I don't know anybody else who's doing this globally. I mean, I like to say that we are the only global brand that you can read, eat, drink, and enjoy. And that's very different from anybody else. Um, but in this world of overwhelming information and, and misinformation, you need more than ever a helping hand. And Time Out is that helping hand that, you know, just goes through it, through the, the whole forest and says these are the things, uh, showcasing the best things. And you have that trust and that recognizability from a 50-year heritage. Exactly. And, 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 and because we are relevant today, you know, we have more readers than ever, more consumers than ever worldwide, and, and obviously particularly in London where we, where we were born in 1968. Um, and our mission has not changed with these years. We aim to inform, we aim to inspire. Tony Elliott used to say we are uh, the information about the information, right? How do you, when you have so much to do in a city and you visit the city, you say, well, what do I do this weekend? In London, you can do hundreds of things. Which is why you day. have to be discerning and you have to be choosing. You have to have a guide. Yeah, you have to have a guide. You have to have this editorial curation. And then, obviously, it's a tone of voice. Uh, Time Out has, I would argue, a very um, on-point, trendy, modern outlook, which is a reflection of our, uh, our staff. And our staff is a reflection of the cities that we serve. But it's accessible and approachable. It's not a kind of too cool for school type. No, approach. we don't like that. Or arty-farty, you yeah. have to use another term, right? No. Uh, we, uh, you know, if I use another word, we see wig. What you see is what you get. And that no-nonsense approach of time out, I think that has been the same throughout uh, the decades. And uh, we see that people react to it, write again, you know, they, they, the users, you know, reply. And, uh, and obviously we see our traffic that has been growing. And um, again, a very complex world of media where you can get so much today, as I said, a lot of information, but also a lot of misinformation. And I see how the tide is turning to much more uh, accurate information and, 
and you know, for us, it's also entertainment. So you know, we aim to entertain. Uh, one of the things that I always say that we are in the happiness business because what we talk about is you know happy things that you do with your friends and loved ones. Tell us about the global operation editorially. I was in Singapore recently and there was a time out Singapore. I mean, now it's obvious that there was, but I was shocked at that, just at the the sheer scale of your reach. Uh, Yes, we have time out Singapore and we have it in Chinese as well as in English. And uh, um, yeah, we are very, very proud. I mean, Team Web is managing uh, those teams in Hong Kong and Singapore. And uh, yeah, we're in Australia, we are in Japan, we are everywhere. A truly global brand. Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we own and operate 288 locations. Not that we have people in all the locations. Many of them are digital locations. But, and then we have franchisees uh, in another 27 uh, cities. So clearly, um, for us, when we look at Time Out, we see it you know, as a global concern and we believe that also our users tend to be people who travel around the world who look for entertainment around the world and um and and they want that voice that as you yourself you notice that singapore uh, you know has time out and you go to dubai you also see time out or you go to um you know miami you've been here for three years tell us about how you came to join the group and you have a five-year plan do you not are you sort of two or three years into that now tell us how it's going I have a five-year plan, I have a ten-year plan, I have a one-year plan, a one-week, a one-month, uh, plan, plan, and plan again. I, uh, I just want to survive the day. That's all I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> and usually I get away with it. <laughs> I feel the same many times, right? <laughs> yes, obviously the, the, the plan that I presented to, uh, at the time, the owners of, of Time Out Oakley, uh, since we, we went public in 16. And you proactively approached them, didn't yes, you? Yes, it, it was like that. I, I was living in New York. I had been working for TripAdvisor and, and then... I was looking to come back uh, months after to back to Europe, um, and uh, I was looking for my next, if you want, vehicle and thing to do. And I have said this several times before, but in short, I had opportunities. I was lucky enough to have opportunities, talking to investors, talking to venture capital and private equity, and I decided that I wanted to do something I care in particular. So I had a short list of companies, a very, very short list. And I did what I always do when I've been selling. I approached the people and talked to them about what I could do for them. In the case of Time Out, I approached them, but I never told them it was Time Out, yet I was looking for Time Out. Uh, they own a lot of companies, so I just had uh, somebody to introduce me to the owner and to the founder, and say, uh, the founder of Oakley, and said, um, you know, I would like to talk to you about my next move and coming back to go to Europe. Maybe you're interested in talking to me. So we talk in general for an hour. I never mentioned time out. And at the end of that hour, I said, um, you came is there any com- No, I didn't. All right. I said, is there any company that, uh, that you think I could fit, you know, my ah, skills? And so they you said, made well, them think that they thought it. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. They said, well, with this company called time out. And I said, Oh, <laughs> time out. <laughs> and 30 seconds, I get them, uh, Wow, um, you know that the elevator pitch, and they thought, "Wow, well, we were not looking for anybody, and but you know, you make sense. Why don't we keep talking?" I like it. And clearly, then we talk very fast. They, they, we came back. I mean, like in a couple of weeks, had uh, several other meetings, and at that time, I came clean right and after. Said, this was your dream. And I said, "This is what I was doing." And of course, they love that, right? Because you know, going to a company that lost making in the media world at a time when the media world is in 
let's say, disarray, change, challenging worldwide. They thought, wow, this guy really loves the brand, has some idea uh, of what to do with the company, and they themselves have, you know, have thought about many of the ideas that I said. You know, it's not like it was something... There's nothing new under the sun, right? No, but it needs someone driven with passion that can get it done. And in fact, that leads me on to my next question, which is you're then hired, you you walk through the door and you take your place in this office. I wouldn't say seat, but it's a standing desk. We're actually in your office right now. Um, What was top of your to-do list then, uh, as you know, in those early months and years? Well, so many things. Uh, I needed to understand, uh, you know, all the lines of businesses where we were making money, where we were losing money, where we were losing more money. I need to understand, I needed to understand the skills. Do we have the skills for the things we want to do? You know, in engineering, in marketing. I knew we have it in editorial because I could see the content. But I said, do we have people who can do this digitally? Uh, Video, transactions, social. Um, And then obviously the time on market. I mean, we needed to bring people as well there to take a at the time as successful but much smaller operation in Lisbon to what it is today in Portugal but also what it will be. So people, the skills were very important and that, that took me quite a long time. Uh, and then obviously on parallel it was a question about investment. You know, what do you need to make this happen? What as a company, uh, what kind of investment do you need? What are the investors want to see again in a predominantly media world how would they see this idea of the new timeout, and, and how are you going to get them to invest? Yes, because you successfully took the business public on the London Stock Exchange M market. I think that was June 2016, wasn't it? Correct. How tough was that process? Wow, that was tough. Quite tough then, given that. Very tough. I mean, we, we went to market a week before Brexit, or Brexit vote, sorry, not Brexit, but vote. Um, Good timing. The 14th of June. And we made a decision, you know, somewhere between April and May. So it was like, uh, you know, there is an opportunity to go out there to institutional investors who have to invest in a public company. We needed money. We can tell the story. This is what we're going to do. And it was a very exciting time for us, you know, to be an independent public company in the media world where most media companies have a lot of other brands or a lot of magazines, a lot of different areas. We are... You're the brand. One brand, independent, in the world where you have the duopoly, the famous duopoly in advertising. Incredible moment for the company, a milestone, being this independent company. uh, Quite quite daunting, though, as well as exciting. Very daunting, but I... You know, you, you were referring before about passion, and my team and I, we were all you know, very clear and our investors very, you know, passionate about the brand. It's an iconic brand and what we could do and why do we have a relevant place in uh, in the media world today and uh, media and entertainment. Uh, so, yeah, very, very proud of that. But it clearly was complex and daunting and, and I learned a lot, a lot. I mean, you've taken a, a, a print brand with a 50-year heritage and diversified it into an incredible amount of variety of platforms, including a physical marketplace, as, as you've said. Do you think ultimately, though, that print is going to be dead in the long term? Because, frankly, you're one of the people best placed 
to talk about this, given that you've you've leveraged a print heritage brand and created all these other platforms. But ultimately, will there be a time when the physical magazine of Time Out isn't available anywhere? Uh, we don't think so. And I personally, since I've been here, we have launched several other magazines. You just mentioned Singapore, that's new, and, and Chinese as well, in Hong Kong or in it's Madrid. 30 editions, isn't there? It's almost 40 editions, actually. Uh, so if anything, we have grown that. And since my tenure as a CEO, we have more uh, uh, printing. And even, for instance, in Spain, they went free only last year. Uh, so clearly we – and so more more editions, if you want, and more more uh, circulation. Wow. Print, we see it for, – for us, I like to say that we are platform agnostic. So we create content. And then the content leaves whatever we decide that it, the consumers want to, to see it, whether it is in a magazine, whether it's in the app, or it's in the web, or it's in the market through our food and our entertainment in the market, or the events that we do. So when you look at content that way, the print uh, platform is just another platform because our content leaves independently of the platform. So, so readers and people who are engaging with you have multiple touch points in a sense. that They might read the magazine, they might also go online, they might visit the marketplace, buy one of your city guides. Exactly, it's all part of the brand. And then at a personal level, well, my team and I feel that the print format is still an incredible place for our advertisers, for instance, a safe, a safe heaven for branding if you want. How many people do you know that they take a magazine with the advertisers and they put it in your hands? You know, you put the actual physical product in the hands of the consumer. That's much more direct than watching TV or that reading an ad on uh, on the web. So that's very important, and that is the artistic uh, element of it. And you know, this month we we are 50 years old, and we just came out with a book which is the 50 covers for 50 years. I'm going to steal one on the way out while you're not looking. <laughs> and it's a beautiful work of art. We have incredible people who have collaborated with us from, I don't know, Bansky or Grayson Perry or Tracy Aiming who have done covers for us. So there is the artistic element of print, not just the covers, right? The whole uh, magazine that is part of that artistic endeavor of Time Out and also of the cities that we serve. So print for us is important. I see it continue to be important. But from the point of view of investment, we clearly are going to be sure that everything we do is profitable and sustainable. And has that been a, a problem in the past then, that, that you know margins and profitability per se has come under pressure? Because, I mean, why would you say that was? That was clearly prior to your time because you've, you're starting to mitigate the losses and that's obviously happening on your watch. But if I might ask, why do you think the group got into that position before you arrived? Well, we are still in that position, although less, because we, we have the plan. But um, the media world, I know you you have been looking, right? So the media world is tough. And the advent of uh, companies like Google or Facebook or even Amazon now that have taken most of the advertising dollars, everything moving into programmatic kind of advertising, uh, has put a lot of pressure in a lot of companies. And, you know, yesterday we just heard that time has been bought by... Uh, you know, the founder of Salesforce and we know the Washington Post was Amazon and it's a lot of movement in the, in the world but we also hear, regrettably, a lot of companies closing down or uh, some titles that don't no longer exist. So that, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years, the pressure in the media world has been enormous. Some companies have diversified, created paywalls, we went free, 
not alone. I mean, there are other companies in this country and others that went free in search of advertising dollars because we couldn't have circulation dollars. So in that change, Time Out went free in London in 2012 and in New York in 2015. So that was like the day before yesterday. So all that change is enormous for an industry. Uh, and to adapt to it and then to innovate and, and be at the top of it, that's very tough. And in a world where you have huge media companies owned by even huger, also bigger uh, technology companies, for instance, uh, it's very difficult for any one brand to compete. So we, we have found our niche or our place, which continues to be being that voice, that ambassador of the city. And now with the timeout market, that diversification, together with the e-commerce, together with our events, that are helping us to still have a relevant position there. So other than that, I can say that you know we are still in our journey there, in that five-year plan that you were referring to. You mentioned there about the big media companies like Google and Facebook and so on in your answer. I wanted to ask you about Facebook because do you see them as a kind of frenemy that, you know, there's a timeout London page on Facebook. You guys are populating that with content, but all of the advertising dollars is going to Facebook. Yes, it'd be great if, if some of the people clicked on that link and then it's going to drive traffic to your website. But if they don't do that, then you're, you're creating content for Facebook's advertising revenue. Well, it's... Funnily enough, uh, Facebook have been advertising our magazine in London and New York, you know that. Actually getting some back there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, which is great. But it's, it's also of notice that when they wanted to tell the world that they are you know, fighting against fake news, etc., they decided the print media to put it out there. Right, it's it's kind of it's you know and maybe advertising on the tube and things and like that. I was tube. on the subway in New York yeah. a few weeks ago. And food, food for thought, right? That's correct. But uh, I like to say that we are competitors, right? We compete, but we collaborate as well. We have enormous traffic in Facebook and Instagram. We have fantastic SEO search, you know, in uh, Google, um, and so we need each other, right? We are an original content creator. And again, content as in not just everything we write, but also what we do in the market. And that means creativity. You still need the people creating that content, cooking that meal, uh, serving that in, in a, an environment like the market, uh, doing an event or putting the movies on the river or a silent disco at the Shard, right? These are things that you still have to create. And we are better placed than even some of these giants to do that. Uh, so when you look at it that way, you can see how you can work together and have a win-win. Having said that, it is very difficult because the kind of investment that any of those companies like Facebook can do is just force any, any, anything that a company like Timeout could do. But that's why it makes us even more inventive. That makes us even faster and leaner and meaner, if you want. Um, and we drive that brand with passion and that allow us to still have the, our position, our place, in, in, in a very difficult environment, of course. Uh, but I also see, or we see that users, uh, the way they engage with timeout, they are there because they see something that they don't find any, anywhere else, uh, whether it's Facebook or any other place. Um, and so we have our space like they have theirs, no matter how much bigger they are.
You mentioned that you did the IPO a week before Brexit for the vote, and I wondered, uh, you have quite a unique perspective on Brexit, I would say, because you're a Spaniard who is an international business leader. You've worked in for big brands in New York and here in London, running big operations around the world. Do you think that, um, if I can possibly draw you into politics then, do you think that the, the UK has lost its mind? Do you think this is going to have some serious consequences, or do you think it ultimately will just be we have to get on with it? And has it impacted your business? Let me start from the last question. Uh, no, it hasn't impacted our business. We're a global brand. Uh, we behave globally, as I said before, 288 cities. If you go around the office here in New York or in Spain, you will see people from all over the world. Um, so we will continue doing what we're doing. At a personal level, I do have a dual nationality, Spanish and North American. And um, I studied in this country. I've been here first 10 years and now another three years, I have never felt like a, like a foreigner, right? Although now I have to go and register somewhere. I never had to register before. Shamefully, so I, of course. I don't know. Uh, well, I, 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 it's, it's difficult for, for me to comprehend, but at the same time, even saying it, I'm a guest in this country. I never felt like a guest in this country, but I, well, I hope you I don't continue to feel like that. You're not, you're not a guest <laughs> in this country as far as I'm concerned, and many of your colleagues. And also, that, I mean, that, there's a serious issue there in terms of the competitiveness of the United Kingdom. You're a, clearly a global business leader that we want to retract and retain here in London. And clearly, if you're starting to feel like a guest we're not doing ourselves any favours, are we not? Because you're the type of person that we want in this country, creating prosperity and jobs and, and running time out. Well, thank you for that. Uh, when I said I'm a guest, I mean, I mean that I cannot vote in this country. So obviously I have to respect and I do respect what the, the country uh, votes. And, you know, obviously I have my opinions. Um, I love this country. This country gave me a lot of, um, I was in my 20s when I moved here, and it gave me a lot of opportunities. And... You know, I'm happy to hear that that you want me <laughs> want me here, and I want I'm to only be here. Person, obviously, <laughs> I have a and, podcast, though. Other than that, but I think that we, um, if I sit beyond myself, is about how many other people are here that maybe they don't feel or, or have not had the opportunities that I had in this country and I have in this country, and that's probably what I would be thinking more about that. And and I love, you know, Time Out is all about reflecting the cities that we serve and the diversity. It's an the internationalist. Diversity. Brand. Exactly. So if you look at my staff, they are from all over the world um, and uh, they never felt anything different. And being in London or being in New York or being in Paris is this incredible opportunity to be, you know, what we are, a global community of people. Politics, well, they have their way of, you know, in this day and age, uh, people have a lot of, um, I don't know, identity politics, a little bit of tribalism all over the world, and I think that we are having, you can see it without going into too much detail, how things are happening in the world. Uh, it's not just Britain. Everyone seems uh, to be ruder and more entrenched in their own views than ever before. It's dispiriting, it, really. It appears so, but at the same time, if I think about this country, you know, this country will, you know, get over it and will find a way regardless, within, with checkers or without, or without deal, no deal, I don't know these days what, what we're going to get. But I think that whatever we do uh, in this country will, you know, will be at the end on top. And there is no question about the resilience and the inventiveness and creativity of this country. And I think companies like Time Out 
will stay here as we always have with our diverse diversity and with our voice and our tone of voice, regardless of what is happening politically. As I said, my only or my main worry here is about a lot of people that may not be you know, protected in the same way that maybe they were before or they will feel a little bit uneasy about what should I be doing and should I be moving out or how about my family if it's from another country. That is, for me, the worry about other people that probably don't have maybe the opportunities that I personally have. Could you give us a sense of the day-to-day, you know, what a typical week is for you in your job? What does the, the chief executive of Time Out do? Well, I make sure that first I'm on top of things, understand uh, who is doing what, where, what are the challenges that we may have uh, with everything that we do. Uh, is my team on top of things? Do they have what they need to do their job? Are we um, uh, still uh, delivering the content the same way we have to deliver? Uh, you know, what is happening with the markets that we are opening? <laughs> are they being delayed or not? And what happens? My investors, you know, how do they feel about the things that we are doing? The board of directors. Uh, so the typical, if I can say typical, in quotes, uh, work of a, a CEO. Uh, me personally, I leave the brand and, and, and love it so, at the so same time. So you're a timeout time. reader then? I'm a timeout reader, and you will see me always looking at the different magazines. I receive them all here in my, uh, my desk, and then I always put some time every week to look at things and read and send emails to people with my comments or like, hey, well done, I love that article. And in some cases, it could be just to the sales team saying, hey, I see this brand, but I didn't see this. So yeah. Make more you know, calls, work you know, harder. Exactly, yeah. comparing <laughs> contrasts around the world. That poor sales team. And, and, and that goes also through the digital side and what is happening, etc. So being you know, abreast of everything that is happening. And driving um, the business. And of course, leading the business. And that means that you're making sure that all our teams, above all the leadership team, is uh, really on top of things. And, and you know, profitability, as I said before, is our... Uh, super focused now and well, it has always been but now more so which means that are we doing the right things and are we driving the right lines of businesses and are we sure that our gross margins are where they should be etc etc so running a business and also you know motivating people listening to people motivating people listening again um, and uh, that takes a lot of my time and then takes a lot of energy as well it's why I hate people (laughs) (laughs) and then besides that I try to go to a theater I try to go to a movie I try to go to something to obviously be part of the city like a time outer right you're part of the city you want to know what is happening going to a museum seeing the latest exhibition of this so I I tend to 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 put some of it if I cannot during the week maybe in the weekends have you learned anything along the way in the last two or three years have you have you made any mistakes dare I ask is there anything that you would do slightly differently how long have you got? This is a seven-hour podcast. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> after six hours, I can tell you uh, a lot of things. I, I learn every day. Without learning, I, I wouldn't know what to do in You've my also life. got to be free to make mistakes as well or, or have the courage to make them because otherwise you're never going to innovate. Yeah, I mean, you learn from your mistakes. You also learn from your successes, obviously. Um, but we have uh, and we are taking bets all the time, right? We calculated bets where we said, we're going to launch this, and then maybe you think you're going to make this happen, and then maybe you don't get the result you specs, and then you analyze it and, and do a post-mortem, and what can you do different next time, and uh, should we do it again? 
So there is a lot of learning and there are a lot of mistakes that obviously you, you commit, uh, if you want, uh, along the way because we are in a changing world of media that every day is something else happening uh, and you have to adapt. I mean, there is not like the world has a stop and you have a plan and you go al along with your plan. No, the plans change every day and if you're not prepared to change and you have an organization that embraces change, uh, you probably will not survive. What's your favorite area of the business? Wow. You know, it's like saying, Daddy, who do you love more, me? And, and, and you know, it's difficult to choose. Um, I love anything to do with the creation, the creativity, right? So I have favorite parts of uh, our web. I have favorite parts of our magazines. It, it would be very difficult for me to choose one thing. But anything who has to do with creativity, I love it when we put a, a, a new article or a new, um, you know, artist or a new musician that nobody knows about or is not yet mainstream and kind of we discover or help discover that person and reading about it and, um, and, and being part of that creative process with the team, I think that's very enjoyable. I love it when we meet here on Tuesday mornings and I, I sometimes I open the door and I hear that they all come here by my office and they have this weekly meeting with the content and commercial teams and they discuss the things that are happening. I love that because it allows me to, to hear from them because I'm Kind of, I'm hearing behind you the door. Airwig. Right? Yeah, and it's like a fly on the on the wall. So I love that part too, to know how people feel about the company and what are the things that they are doing to make things happen. So tell us about the Brexit cover. It, it was a difficult day for uh, the staff here in London or worldwide. I remember that I was in my office um, and the chief editor at the time, still is global chief editor, Caroline McGinn, came to me and said, Julio, you know, we're going to have our Tuesday uh, meeting and would you mind coming and addressing uh, the editorial team? I said, oh my God, asking me to talk to the journalists. Like, it was very early on in my, in, in my tenure here and, you know, like, maybe editors wouldn't talk to you very much, you know, like the old publisher kind of uh, position. And I said, yeah, I would be delighted. W what is happening? I said, well, people are distraught about this vote. You know, in London voted to, to remain in majority, and the people here are feeling very bad about it. And they still are. And they still are, right? So I said, could you talk to them? And clearly, here I am with my accent. You know, I'm, I'm a European guy. You're not from Manchester, yeah, are I'm you? I'm not from yeah. Manchester. <laughs> no, no Mancunian. Can you, can you do a Mancunian accent? <laughs> no, I couldn't. Well, blind me. I thought I'd try to <laughs> Um, and then I, uh, so I went and talked to them, and I remember that uh, that we talk about the values of time out. And I said, we, we, we are not in politics, right, because we are about entertainment, about happiness, etc. But we have always been about human values and human rights. You have always been championing diversity, inclusion. And I said, that's what we are, right? And now more than ever, we should be thinking about what are all other nationalities living in London are feeling about this, what other things are happening in places that maybe we haven't you know, explored before. Let's bring all that more than ever to time out. Let's showcase the incredible diversity of this city like we have always done, but even more so. And that came out the Dear World cover that we won some prizes 
for that cover in which we are basically saying everybody is welcome in London. Uh, we are diverse and inclusive and let's not forget that. It's great uh, that you could actually speak for London as well and have the authority to do that. Well, exactly. Time out. You know, it wasn't me. I mean, and I didn't write that. I mean, you have it here. Our, you, you listen, but you know, and, and we call it Dear World, right? And it's been it quite was the a famous week open letter cover. Exactly. And I think we, we said that there's, we'd like to make clear right now people who are not born in this city are welcome here, not just Europeans, everyone, no matter what nationality, race, creed, color, or shoe size. As most Londoners, what we love about this city, and we'll say one thing, is diversity. And it goes on. So obviously, we, we made an effort to talk about um, we as Time Out are part, intrinsical part of this city. And we wanted to tell the world that. And that's, that's what it came out and, uh, and of that. And so to me, it was um, a very special moment. And to a lot of people here, it uh, felt very special. What advice would you give to your successor? You know, you're going to be here for a number of years, I hope, but at some point you'll bugger off. What does the person who wants to be the next chief executive of Time Out need to be doing now to get your job whenever you're ready to leave it? I think you need an understanding of the, this world of media and entertainment. Uh, you need to uh, feel and love the brand. I think you need passion. You need passion for what you do, for what your team does. You have to have a clear vision. A company that can do a lot of things could be lost in the process of doing a lot of things. So how do you focus the team? How do you focus yourself? And so that's important. And then you as a leader have to have a vision that says, okay, everybody, we are going to go there because of this and this and that. So planning uh, the future. So I guess that some person could be already inside a company, but or it could be somebody that is now reading Time Out or listening to us. You never know. So, you know, good luck if it's you. Julio, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you ever so much. Thank you, Paul. A Right Angles podcast in association with Big Things Media.